This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to the Not Lukewarm Podcast with Diana Bartolini, a speaker, writer, and spiritual director who wants you to know your faith and live not lukewarm. Diana Bartolini with the Not Lukewarm Podcast, and I am super happy and excited to be back to regularly offering this podcast to all of you. Those of you who subscribe to the Live Not Lukewarm newsletter know that I really, in the last three months or so, have gone through some difficulties, some pruning, maybe one could call it, uh, really feeling that God was calling me to stop, to refocus, to recharge, and to look at Him uh, more closely (laughs) And really to go more where he was leading and wait for him to lead rather than me, you know, running on ahead and saying, okay, God, are you coming? Are you along with me on this ride? I really think that is the call of the spiritual life. It's not to run ahead of him, not even to walk beside him in a sense, but to walk behind really to let him lead. Maybe we can walk next to him, hold his hand, but it really is to let God lead. And in that, I'm actually trying something a little new with the podcast. So this is one of those behind-the-scenes reveals. I very rarely have made notes for my podcast. I make notes uh, when I do my podcast with someone else, especially when I was doing them with my husband. He's a likes-to-be-prepared kind of guy, and I'm an let's-just-do-this-off-the-cuff kind of gal. But now I've decided to offer you something a little meatier, with a little more depth, requires preparation. I feel very convicted of that, and so I'm trying to be more deliberate in my presentations. So this first presentation that I'm doing in this new style, new format maybe, you probably would not notice too much of a difference, but I just wanted to be forthright in sharing that information with y'all. We're in a time in this world where it can be very easy to lose hope not only because of our own personal lives, which at times can be very difficult, sickness, there's death, there's confusion, there's... And so the virtue of hope is, I always think of hope as being a little slippery, which doesn't sound good, does it? I don't mean it in a bad way. I mean, it's hard to get a handle on it. And so really in these next few episodes, I'm going to try to help us using some resources, and of course, always turning to God's word, to figure out what is this theological virtue that we call. So first, let's begin with what's a theological virtue. What does that mean? Because we know there are different types of virtue. So the theological virtues are faith, hope, and love. These three virtues are directed toward God, and they remind us that God is infinitely trustworthy and lovable, and hence the one to whom we should commit our whole life and future. And that's a quote from a concise dictionary of theology. I really like that book. The theological virtues, and St. Paul talks about them a lot in 1 Corinthians, in the first letter to the Corinthians, and I'm going to quote 1 Corinthians 13, 13. So, faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest is love. So that's what I mean sometimes, like hope, and different things that I've read, 
that virtue is called the middle sister. So we'll refer to the hope as a she. Hope is the middle sister, right? Sitting right between faith and love. And faith, hope, and love, all three of these theological virtues are gifts. They are gifts given to us by God. In fact, the Catechism says this. It says that, first of all, that they are the foundation of Christian moral activity, first of all. Secondly, that they are infused by God into the souls of the faithful to make them capable of acting as his children and meriting eternal life. Hope, faith, and love are infused by God. So they are gifts. They are given to us out of his infinite goodness and love for us. And we need those and we want those so that our soul is capable of acting as God's children. And then, of course, we will have eternal life. Now, specifically, what does the Catechism say about hope? About hope, the Catechism says, hope is when we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life as our happiness. And then we place our trust in Christ's promises and relying, and this is really important, relying not on our own strength, but on the help of the grace of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I rely on myself a lot. Probably rely on myself way too much. The catechism is really saying that we have to place our trust in Christ's promises and rely not on our own strength, but on the help of the grace of the Holy Spirit. It is when we turn ourselves over to God, when we place our trust and hope in Him, then that we are able to respond in hope to God's promises. And what are the promises of God? I'm not going to quote you the entire Old Testament. It would take way too long. Okay, just a couple of key people. Abraham. Abraham had hope. Yes. He followed God. His faithfulness was credited to him as righteousness. He believed that God was going to do what God said he was going to do for him. He was going to make him a father of all nations. Joseph. The whole story of Joseph is one of hope. The entire time, Joseph remembers that he belongs to God, and he follows God's laws, he remembers his promises, and so good things happen eventually. Joseph suffers, not without a doubt he suffers, but in the end, his family is reunited, he's reunited with his father, there's forgiveness and there's healing, all because Joseph did not lose hope. There are many, many more stories. The story of Exodus is a story of hope. The book of Hosea is a story of hope. But in the Old Testament, there are beautiful psalms. And one, two psalms to focus on today is a psalm. It's, this is what it says. It says, psalm, it's a psalm of lament. which means we're lamenting. We're, we're going to God with our troubles, our, our concerns, our woes. And it's Psalm 42 and 43. They're two separate psalms, but they're meant to really be read together. And longing for God is the title of it. Longing for God and His help in distress. Really what hope is, isn't it? We long for God and we long for Him to help us. And when you have, a, you have some time, go and take a look at Psalm 42 and 43. I'm not trying to be bossy here. It's a good suggestion. Read that when you, in your prayer time. But particularly the refrain. And here is the refrain. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my Savior and my God. 
and it repeats about four or five times in both of those psalms, that the psalmist is going, so probably David, is going to God saying, I am confused, I am downcast, I am sad, I am losing hope. And God is responding to him, through him. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? So it's David asking himself, but why is my soul like this? Why am I losing hope? And then it's almost as if the light switch turns on, right? And he says, wait, wait, hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my Savior and my God. When we remember that we can praise him, we can have hope in him, that he is our Savior, that he is our God, then our soul being downcast and disquieted, it flips up, it turns over, and it says, no, I can turn to God. This is a hard thing to do, and it's harder to do when we are in moments of despair and suffering and confusion and pain. I can remember when my husband was in the hospital, and he was very, very sick, and afterwards one day we were talking about it, and he says to me, but you were so calm, you were so peaceful, you were so helpful. I thought, that was not me, honey. That was the Holy Spirit. That was me remembering to put my hope and my trust and my faith in God, who was so much bigger than I am, to give me what I needed, to give my husband what I needed. And that's what hope does. Hope says, I can't do it myself, but God can do it with me, and he will when I turn it over to him. And it is hard to turn it over to God. We want to be responsible. We want to be helpful. We don't want to bother him. We are not a bother to God. God loves us. He loves us with, an, with a love that surpasses anything we could possibly humanly understand or imagine. So we're not bothering him. Absolutely not bothering him. Hope takes our confusion, gives it to God, and he, he, and it, he really does set us straight and back on the right path. That's what hope does. Hope allows us to believe in God and to rely on the undeniable power of God. In a sense, hope is similar to surrender, because surrender is when we say, Lord, it's not up to me, it's up to you, help me. And so hope, in a sense, says the same thing. We rely on his undeniable power. And when we do that, when we rely on God and not on ourselves, we are able to have hope. There is a man I learned about briefly when I was in school for spiritual direction, and he's a philosopher, French, French man called Charles Piguet. And I, I hope I'm saying that properly. I did do a little Google, how do you say this name? Charles Piguet. Piguet. He talks about hope and he has some poems and things, and I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes. But one of the things he has is, is a prayer. And I want to read this prayer. And I will print, I will write this in the show notes because I think this is a beautiful prayer. A little different than the traditional act of hope prayer that we often use as Catholics. But this is the prayer that he wrote. And he says, this is an act of hope. My God, I hope with a firm confidence that you will give me, by the merits of Jesus Christ, your grace in this world. If I observe your commandments, your glory in the next, because you have promised it to me, and because you are supremely faithful in your promises. The end of his prayer. I think my favorite line is this, that you will give me your grace in this world. Firm, 
but he has firm confidence. I hope with a firm confidence that you will give me by the merits of Jesus Christ, your grace in this world. Do we want the grace? Do we want the virtue of hope? I think we do. I think we need it. I don't mean to overstep. I want to help bring some hope into your day and into your week. Again, it's what are we hoping for? We're hoping for things that we don't have already, and we're hoping for things we cannot see. And again, we acknowledge that it can be difficult to have hope, but it is possible for me to have hope when we rely on the undeniable power of God. I'm going to put those three points in the show notes along with the prayer, the Psalms that I quoted 42 and 43. And I'm going to leave you with this suggestion to meditate on in your prayer time. It is the parable about seeds from Mark 4, chapter 4, verses 26 to 32. The kingdom of God, as if a man should scatter seed upon the ground. What happens when we scatter seed? When we plant any seeds, we put them in the dirt. We water them. Hopefully they're near the sun, but not in the scorching sun of South Florida summer, because then you're going to fry that plant. But you, you plant the seed in the hope that something comes of it whether it's a sunflower, whether it's a tomato, whether it's a mango, whatever it is, right? When you plant seeds, there's hope. When you have a baby, that's a new hope. When you form a new relationship, when you make a friend, that's a new hope. When you start a new job, it's a new hope. So Every day, we're asked to have hope in small things and in big things. And sometimes it's easier to hope in the small things. So when it's hard to hope, that's really when we need to shift. Okay, I'm not hoping through earthly human power. I am hoping by relying on the undeniable power of God. And that's what I'm going to leave you with. Hope in the undeniable power of God. And I believe that's going to help get you through whatever it is that you're facing. Please know that if you want to continue this conversation privately, I am just an email away. I'm always happy to do that with you. And if you have a prayer intention, by all means, please leave that for me and I will be praying for you. And I hope that you have a wonderful week and that you continue to always live, not lukewarm. Did I give you a challenge? I didn't give you a challenge. Do you want a challenge? All right. This is the challenge. You are struggling with hope. Look at that prayer, which I'll put in the show notes from Charles Piguet, and use that as your prayer every day or when you need to pick me up. Let that be your not lukewarm challenge. Have a wonderful week, and I will be back again soon to talk more about hope. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Not Lukewarm Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please subscribe tell a friend, or leave a review wherever you listen. Show notes and links are at notlukewarmpodcast.com.